That was cool, bro. Where you going? It was a good look to the Promise Center. Mm-hmm. Over there off Dutton, North Dutton. Um, yeah, I don't know the cross street. I still don't know Santa Rosa very well. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, we went down there, uh, came late. Wife thought it was my fault. I was like, well, it kind of works both ways, doesn't it? <laughs> that didn't go well either. So I was like, you know what, let's talk about it later. Bring a call. So, uh, yeah, but it was good. It was good. It was nice seeing everybody, man. You ever get the feeling that everything in America is completely fucked up? You know that feeling that the whole country is like one inch away from saying, that's it, forget it. Let's see. Hey, Twister Man, uh, now look, here's a house full of bees. Like you think the honey badger cares? It doesn't give a shit. Listen, let's get one thing straight. Price is right. Guns don't kill people. I do. <laughs> like that I, doubt you will. <laughs> I mean you gotta mail it in once in a while <laughs> that's uh that chick is from chile but she is making music out of mexico city mm-hmm. and uh who's it again mon laferte mm-hmm. she that song's fucking it cuts off before you really get the meat of the song but it's a just goosebump song for me nice yeah isn't it i saw it on the uh, intro we have uh, a clip from ferris bueller's day off which I just watched with my son for the first time. Uh huh. Holds up. It does. Uh, I was Although, actually cracking up at <laughs> several parts. It's a great movie. I haven't seen it since I was probably a teenager. I have turned into a total old man on that movie, though. Oh, really? I watch it now. Oh, that's right. I'm that's just right. like, what the fuck? Like, this is what's wrong with our society. <laughs> Kids disrespecting their elders like this. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a pretty old dude thing to say. I don't know. Um. I came across a survey that I thought you might find hey, interesting. Jake, can you check something? Yes. I don't know why this stuck in my head, because the funniest moments in Ferris Bueller's Day Off are when anything to do with the principal and mm-hmm. the secretary, Grace. Yeah. Which is who you named your dog after. Correct. Um, did that principal, Edward Rooney, whoever that actor is, didn't he get busted for being a pedophile? Yeah, he's a pedophile. Okay. That's what I thought. Yeah. So I was watching it. I was like, there's something like sticking to the back of my head that like I shouldn't be laughing at this guy. So he got busted. Maybe, Jake, you could confirm this. Uh, he got busted for, well, doing what pedophiles do. And um, in order to get leniency or even get off completely, um, he agreed to he uh, expose this Hollywood uh, pedophile ring. Oh, here we go. And what he actually... Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay, QAnon. 
What he actually ended up doing was uh, telling them that Paul Rubin was a pedophile. Oh, right. And he wasn't. And, so, and he wasn't. And they raided his house. And all they could find was like old uh, Americana like, right. postcards and things of, you know, remember the old like copper tone? Yeah. Um, the little puppy like advertisement. Yeah, right, pulling right. The, the bathing suit down on the little girl. Yeah. Just kind of weird in hindsight. Do you, um, do you see about that? Uh, that journalist, the guy who debunked Pizzagate? No. Mm, yeah, look this one up, Jay. <laughs> this one's a good one. Where are you on the last three things you asked to look up, by the way? I actually just had that up. Hold on. Uh, do you want me to switch this over for you? You want to share? Yeah, just read sure. it. Sure. Um, so you're saying Pizzagate was an actual thing, huh? Basement and all? Well, the journalist who debunked Pizzagate is in the news this week. Okay. Really? Mm-hmm. Let me guess. Fucking kids? Yep. Same guy. <laughs> uh, Peter Bright? No, I think it's a different guy. But let's just call him out while we're on the subject. <laughs> Tech reporter Peter Bright found guilty for soliciting, soliciting minors for sex online. That might be him, actually. So he got his Twitter post to the left. He looks like he's no stranger to pizza. <laughs> was this a, oh, as someone named Dr. Pizza? I dread to think what my involvement in Pizzagate will turn out to be. <laughs> hmm. Well, there's some predictive programming. All right, all right, check this out. Um, came across a pretty interesting survey. This is a uh, a survey showing. Actually, I'm not going to spoil it by letting you read the yeah. the answers. Um, this survey shows the difference between people's perception and reality. So All right. they quizzed people on things or surveyed people on things like the first question on here. Uh, the way they phrase the question is, if you had to guess what percentage of American adults dot, dot, dot. Okay. So... What percentage of American adults have a household income over $1 million? Care to guess what the estimated proportion was? What the estimated proportion? Like what yeah, people, what people answered? answered. Yeah. I, it's got to be something obscenely high. It is. Like, I don't know, what, 10% or something like that? 20. 20%. They think 20% <laughs> of people. Okay. Wait, the medium household income is like $53,000 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, the true proportion... It's got, I'm going to guess point, uh, I'll just go 1%. Jake, care to make a guess? Nope. <laughs> Thanks for playing. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> Zero. Yeah. Win. Zero. There 0%. are no millionaires. <laughs> I'm pretty it's sure they rounded down mind. on that. Oh, yeah. okay. So you were pretty close. Uh, what percentage of American adults are transgender? I'm going to go, well, if we're rounding down, it's, it's zero again. Estimated proportion? Oh, like 80%? <laughs> 21%. 21%. <laughs> I just saw a similar thing that depending on what, what your politics were, this, this, I saw this survey during COVID. If you were on the left, if you go to Democrat, what your percentage chance of being in the hospital, being hospitalized if you got COVID, do you know what it was? I, hold on a second. That might even be on here. Okay. I would say 80-ish. No, 35. What? Yeah. I mean, so it's, 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 that, if we're rounding down, it's zero. Yeah. 
That was the estimated yeah. guess was 35%? Yeah. If, if you voted Democrat, you're like, well, it's probably about like 35%. Well, when that first came out, wasn't it like, weren't people saying it was like 80%? Yeah. Like in the heart so of this, COVID. So this is like after... Like, you know, when it was kind of obvious it was only right. affecting when old people. didn't have an excuse not Dude, to know. of that same study, still my favorite polling answer was unaware of coronavirus, 4%. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> coronavirus. No. The, uh, the what now? <laughs> no. No. The question on here about COVID is uh, what percentage of Americans are fully vaccinated against COVID-19? So you got to find fully vaccinated because that does that does that mean the CDC changed the definitions? Does that now mean up to date with all your boosters? People actually guessed this uh, fairly close to whatever whatever the criteria was for that. The original um, version, I think, I believe it to be like seventy five percent, something like that. Well, people guessed fifty nine percent is actually sixty six percent according mm-hmm. to this uh, whatever the methodology was for this study. And what and uh, do they parse out how they define fully vaccinated in there? Um, nope, nope. Okay. Just that simple little line. In order to drop that information, they'd have to agree that there's some final point of uh, complete vaccination, <laughs> right? Dude. So they'd have to. I had that conversation with my mom. Oh, I was like, you know, mom, you put this stuff together, like the COVID. We were talking about COVID. And I was just like, because she's asking me, like, why do you just not believe anything? I was like, well, it always turns out to be bullshit. We could start there. I was like, but it's also. There's this information and there's this information. It's always conflicting, and you take it in, and then what we say, you walk out the front door. And I said to my mom, like, so example, like, you knew there was going to be more shots. You, there'd be the two for the first two COVID shots, and then it's going to keep going from there. She goes, why did you think that, Mom? Well, they give you that COVID vaccination card. It has ten spaces on it. Yep. <laughs> this is not rocket science. <laughs> it's like that gorilla, though. Did we? I don't think we brought that up on the no. last pod, did we? No. Dude, you want to see that? You want to see that test? Uh, you if you want to explain it as we go. Into that? Not yet, not yet. Yeah, keep, okay. keep going with this survey. Um, okay, here's a good one. Uh, what percentage of American adults have a driver's license? Percentage of adults have a driver's license? It's got to be... What was the What was the guess? What was the people's answer? Uh, 90. No, people, people answered 68%. 68? Yeah. This is in the so I'm gonna I'll put it back up now. When you uh, you see this uh, this poll, there's all the questions on the top are the ones that people way overestimated, and all the ones that, towards the bottom are the ones that people way underestimated. So okay, driver's license is 68 percent is what they guess, but actually 83 percent of people mm. that has political implications, what, right? Because what did they, I say 80? Uh, I think you said 90. 90 people. Are there's you know there's an argument to be made that you should have to have an ID to vote. Oh right right right. And then what do you always hear? Well, there's a lot of people that can't get an ID, <laughs> right? And so of course on this poll you look at what people's the average guess was a 68 percent. They were off by you know 15 percent. Same thing with having flown on a plane or own a car. People way underestimate. You know they have this. There's this myth of the poor people in America being like... Dude, homeless people have smartphones. How, how, yeah. could, how could you no. guess that low? Well, there's this myth that the poor people in America are like, um, you know, native natives in the Amazon rainforest, mm-hmm. right? They have no access to anything. They can't get a driver's license. They can't fly in a plane. They can't get a phone. They don't have a mailing address. 
You know, and it shows up in this uh, poll. It's pretty interesting. Where do I find this tribe, by the way? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm joining them. like paradise. <laughs> Uh, this is good. What percentage of American adults are Native American? The guess, 27%. <laughs> it's one. Well, to be fair, I mean, I'm Native American. I'm more Native American than Elizabeth Warren. So, I mean, this is why we were just having a discussion. This is why things like intersectionality are so stupid. It's like, it's right. who's quantifying this? Like, what, what, what's the delineate? What's the cutoff? You know what I mean? What percentage are vegan or vegetarian? Thirty percent. It's only five. Yes, that's crazy. Anyways, how did people get this one wrong? Are black? Doesn't everyone know that blacks make up twelve or thirteen percent of the population? I feel like I hear that statistic every day. Mm -hmm. I guess I listen to actual (laughs) information. (laughs) Most people don't. The guess was uh, forty-one. Forty-one percent. Damn. It's funny because you add up all these percentages and it's way over. They got the uh, oh, wait, FBI it, crime statistics mis- mixed up with the uh, density of population. <laughs> wow. That was, oh, that was an edgier sorry. joke than I had. Sorry. I was, was going to say in Prince's Easy. I'm glad I heard that. In commercials. <laughs> now that would be accurate. Yeah, I wonder if there's a link between what people see in commercials and what they think the reality yeah. is outside their front door that they never walk out of anymore because there was a concerted effort, a conspiracy, if you will, to get people back inside their homes, stuck on the TV, stuck on the internet, and not walking out their front doors. Mm-hmm. Walking out your front door is more than just a way to perceive the world. It's like training. It's exercise. Mm-hmm. It's brain and foot exercise. I took a one-hour walk this morning. Why? Just for... uh... Because when I was in Vegas, Mm -hmm. we walked all over, and my my feet hurt afterwards. Ah. I'm in, like, some of the best shape that I've ever (laughs) been in, but... Not walking shape? I don't walk anywhere (laughs) or run. I don't play soccer anymore, so all I do is drive or jiu-jitsu, but Mm -hmm. you spend much time on your feet in jiu-jitsu. Unless I'm in someone's guard, of course. Your, nice. your stand up a lot of layabout stuff. I was going to add that. That's yeah. We could save that for after the podcast, probably, right. dude. <laughs> We're one minute away. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, if we're one minute away, then let's just get this shit over with. I got a prediction. All right, let's hear it. So, uh, the prediction for this week. Hold on, let me play the. Uh, fuck! Why don't I ever have this shit? Intro for up. this. I do. I should give it to you so that I don't have to stumble through it. Tighten up this operation. Yeah. Well, just waiting for you to step your game <laughs> up, dude. God bless your heart. <laughs> bless your soul. Trying to predict the future is a discouraging hazardous occupation because the profit invariably falls between the two. Futures now, old man. All right. So. Do you recall the other day you talked about a, was an article in Forbes that said that the earth was yes. spinning slower? <laughs> yes. No, faster. Faster. All right. So the article said that it has been slowing down this entire time, and then all of a sudden it just sped up for no reason. Okay. I have been feeling ever since like about mid-October that there's something off with the light outside. Mm-hmm. And, you know... I'm sorry to go like full on. <laughs> <laughs> just 
Just so I go see my tarot girl, right? <laughs> uh, dude, oh, never mind. Uh, I think that there is something going on with the earth. I believe that it's getting dark earlier or maybe not earlier, but quicker or something. There's just something off. I can sense it. I'm getting really excited about hearing this prediction. <laughs> it is. And then, so then this commercial comes out. I think this is kind of in the After last right month's massive solar flare added a 25th hour to the day, many businesses are wondering, what should we do with it? Bacon and eggs, 25-7. You're darn right. We could use it for personal growth. How about a longer lunch? What if we used it to work more? Twenty-five hour protection. Nailed it. In financial news, solar stocks are up twenty percent with the additional hour of daylight. So with the extra hour, I'm thinking company-wide power now. I don't sleep. Let's take a vote. Who wants to sleep? This is going to wreak havoc on overtime approvals. Maybe we should sleep on it. Anything can change the world of work. From HR to... So they made it... Okay. Isn't that interesting? Very. It's just out there right now. There is something going on with the earth. My, so a solar flare added an extra Yeah, that makes no the, sense. Right? Yeah. That, that, I, that doesn't make any sense. But it's still, like, in the zeitgeist right now, there is something going on with... I don't know if it's the, the rotation of the Earth. It's spinning faster or spinning slower. Um, maybe it's tilting on its axis. So my prediction is that something... Can you make a prediction about something that has... Yeah, something has happened or is happening mm -hmm. that is greatly shifting the experience of the world as we know it, like on a level of an extra hour in the day or, or something along those lines or a tilt in the Earth's axis or, or something. I mean, if you believe in that. I'm just going to say, obviously... can't hear you because you're not speaking in the mic. It's uh, daylight savings time. Just got you fucked up. Yeah, I know. It probably is. Just like the eggs last year with the chickens. Remember? Oh, yes. And they stopped laying in the winter like they always do. And yeah. yeah. Well, theories abound. If you don't put it down, though, and it ends up happening, then this can't is true. go back and tell people what a genius I was. Not bad. All, All right. right. There you go. So wait, what's the prediction here? It's going to get uh, world's ending. Okay. <laughs> All right, so uh, that's about all I got. Are you ready to start this show? Uh, sure. There's a couple of small things I wanted to hit real quick. Yeah. Are you familiar with California Bill AB 873? Mm, not up to date on my California bills, at least not by number. Well, you should be, mister. I know. Um, this is a bill. I'm just a bill. Yeah, I'll read you. The, the legislator finds and declares all the following. California does not have an official media literacy curriculum framework to ensure the teaching of media literacy content to every pupil. <clears throat> the growing ubiquity, ubiquity of new forms of media necess necessitates the need Are you for having a stroke right now? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to switch dads while I'm trying to at the same time. Its existing law establishes the Instructional Quality Commission and requires the commission to, among other things, recommend curriculum frameworks to the State Board of Education. Okay, I'm not going to read the whole bill because we'll fucking die of boredom. Is that different than what's already, what already happened? There is a new bill being performed starting in kindergarten. They're going to start teaching media literacy. Oh, yes. As in to teach kindergartners how to look out for disinformation, right. misinformation. This is the um, class we were going to be teaching. Right. You and me. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, did you see what Nikki Haley said about an yeah. internet ID or you have to you have no more, you can't be anonymous Anonymity. anymore. Yeah. yeah, right. And then I was thinking about all these things. When you put these two things together with like Gavin Newsom and Nikki Haley, who's running to be the Republican nominee, right? Mm-hmm. Is It was such a good example of just the two-party illusion. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, people that want to go to bat for their team and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a Republican, I'm a Democrat, whatever, you know, riot or die, you know, I want my team to win. I was like, this is like a perfect example. It's like both sides want the exact same thing. Yeah. It's like we watch them squabble, you know, the Democrats going like, well, we're in a total gridlock right now because we're trying to get this $200 billion to Ukraine. And Republicans go like, not on my watch. I'm here to represent smaller government. You know, we're not sending a penny over $180 billion. And like, <laughs> right. oh, now what? Like, oh, now we're going to have a government shutdown. <laughs> it's just, they're dicks. They're all just dicks. And it's maddening. Like, I don't, I expect that from these people. Right. But the fact it's that not surprising. It's, the, it's the people that buy into this, like, two-party illusion is maddening to me. It's confusing behavior. Yeah, I was just thinking as you were saying that, you'll never see a Democrat and Republican join up on the same ticket. Like, we're going to bridge the divide and bring the, the America together. Because you, you mentioned uh, Governor Hergel and Nikki Haley. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking, like, what if they teamed up on the same ticket for president and vice president? Mm. But you'll never see that. Two psychopaths on one ticket. That'd yeah. It would be a lot of fun. It would be too much. But the they won't do that because that'll shatter the two party illusion. Mm-hmm. It'll then it'll yeah. You can't deny that it's a uniparty it's, at that it's sports. Point. They need yeah exactly. It's a sports show. It'd be like the Raiders and the 49ers are we're teaming up this year. We're just gonna pool our resources <laughs> and <laughs> try to win the Super Bowl together. Like he just doesn't work that way. <laughs> do you see Newsom also uh, that oh guys see if I can find that tweet that he did he. Um, this is what he tweeted. A city in Tennessee has banned being gay in public. This is just the beginning. <laughs> I had to call this out. Oh, my God. Exa- <laughs> so me being a fucking psycho, I'm like, I'm going to read the bill, just like we did with Ron DeSantis and the uh, Don't yeah. Say Gay Bill. Well, it's like when my mom told me that in Tennessee you're not allowed to teach black history. <laughs> Here's the actual bill. No person shall knowingly, while in a public space, engage in indecent behavior, display, distribute, or broadcast indecent material, conduct indecent events, or facilitate any of the foregoing prohibited acts, or otherwise subject minors to a prurient interest to, uh, or to behaviors, materials, or events that are patently offensive to prevailing standards in the adult community as a whole with respect to what is suitable material for minors. They're saying, like... so. You do whatever you want. You just can't do it here in the town square. That's where you get to, like, throw it back at them. Like, oh, so you're not allowed gay people to be? Uh, You said (laughs) gay people. I mean, I don't... When I think of gay people, I don't think of indecent behavior or uh, subjecting minors to... But you obviously do. Thank you for bringing that up and showing us what you actually think about gay people. We always bring that up. It's like, if you let these, especially, like, the left woke people... Just, like, let them keep talking. You're like, dude, that is the most racist shit I've ever heard in my life. Totally. Always. Yes. They, uh, you can't focus that much as much as they do on people's immutable characteristics without actually being a racist. Some people can't get an ID. Like, what people? Exactly. What people are you referring to? Well, poor people. (laughs) Mm, All poor people? Because, go ahead, just say it. Just say it. You know you want to say it. 
in the bill, actually, they did have some weird fucked up, like, 70-year-old clause that was, like, anti-homophobic or whatever. And they actually took that part out of the bill when they repass a bill. Yeah, that's because, so, uh-huh. uh-huh. See? Because they, they know that it's anti-gay. And they had to take it out to make it look like they weren't. Speaking of Newsom. I just got to play this clip. I know folks say, oh, they're just cleaning up this place because all those fancy leaders are coming into town. Um, That's true because it's true. But it's also true for months and months and months prior to APEC, we've been having different conversations. In context, because I've seen that clip played a number of different times, and the, the context is is that third world hellhole known as San Francisco is. I mean, it literally, there's open sewers and open air drug markets. Like it's it's someone that used to live there, and then and everyone's been screaming at their elected leaders, like, "Can you do something about this?" Yeah. I mean, for years, it's not enjoyable. Yeah, and then we, for years we get some, in fact going back to when he. Governor Hairgel was, was, was gonna mayor. End, was going to end homelessness. And his his commitment to us was, I'm going to end homelessness while I'm mayor of San Francisco. And then we get some commie shitbag dictator comes to town, and it's like, it took a weekend. And he like, ended homelessness. <laughs> what a fucking it's asshole. It's true, because it is true. Right? Yeah. But we've been talking about other things for a while now. Mm-hmm. Like, that's literally what he says. But there's, there's also more to this, because he said, like, look, True. you got to find the best. For months and months it? and months prior to APEC, we've been having different conversations. Oh, there's the rest of this clip. He goes, you know, when you have guests over, you know, you clean up the house. You put the socks in the drawer. You put away the dishes. You know, this is the same kind of thing. I was like, yeah, when it's no, just, Dick, this is it, not the same thing. When it's just you and your family at home, you let homeless people into your house and let them shit all over it. <laughs> yeah, son, look, uh, we're having people over for Thanksgiving, so start shitting in the toilet. Let's start with that. Mm-hmm. Um, put your needles in the closet, just not in the hallway. You know, um, I can't have all your friends, like, crash out on the couch. They can crash in the yard. So I'm, just for the weekend, like, just because we're having company over. This is common sense. Dude, and I do not want you smashing their windows and stealing all the shit out of their cars when they're here, okay? You, you, you go over to the me? next block and do that. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't have the rest of what he was saying. Was there anything better than that? No. I was just saying it's so ugly on its face, and all I've ever seen is that, you know, 15-second clip as well. You know, and in accordance with AB873, I've been trained by the state to identify. <laughs> uh, From kindergarten. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in kindergarten. So I don't know. Even though this supposedly plays into my uh, cognitive bias that says that guy's a scumbag, seeing this 15-second clip chopped around still makes me think that there's some missing, like he didn't really just say, we cleaned up the city for the sake of some uh, communist dictator visiting. It seems like there's got to be more to it than that. Otherwise, this would... Oh, there is. And that's what we're going to get into okay. today. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, I don't know where you're going to go with it, but I just find it... You know, this clip is a convenient way just to talk shit about our governor who for years promised to end homelessness. And all he ever did was use homelessness to get himself and his friends rich mm-hmm. with no intention of ever ending homelessness. No, it became and an industrial he showed, complex. he showed that it can be done in one goddamn weekend. <laughs> yes. Whatever the reason. Like, he just snapped his fingers and boom, homelessness over in San Francisco. They're trying to, to go back to what you were saying, Jacob, that they're trying to drive you crazy intentionally. They're trying to make you nuts. It's the strategy of tension. Mm-hmm. There's like, we're trying to... F- to make you lose your shit or is we're going to, we're going to pay off a lot of like 
sayings that we kind of throw around. One is, <clears throat> we need you to not believe your own eyes, mm-hmm. which would be a big one. Yeah. It's never look a gift horse in the mouth. That's yours. You know, I'd let you <laughs> corner that market. Just saying. But what they're doing is they're trying to intentionally tell you, like, look, we, we don't fucking care about you. Or when, they look, when you look at the border, they welded the gates open at the border. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. They're like, you, you're being made to see this on purpose. That was just one of those things, like, in the show The Wire, when they got done welding them open, they're like, open? Oh. <laughs> I thought you said open, not closed. Ah, bit dang of a deep, it. Bit of a deep cut. <laughs> in. Let's start the show. I'd love to. Pee real quick. Good morning. Joseph, you need anything? May I go to the restroom, too? Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I'm going to work. Is that one? Yep. To the cinnamon done. Yeah. yeah, you just gotta pee with it open, dude. Uh, <clears throat> hey, before we do start the mm-hmm, show, mm-hmm. I just want to say a uh, big heartfelt thank you to everyone out there who supported the show so far. Mm-hmm. Really appreciate your guys' reviews on Apple. And Spotify and Podcast Addict and reaching out on Instagram. We got a great uh, photo recently of someone enjoying the hot sauce. Nice. And that was cool to see. Uh, if anyone out there wants some hot sauce, send me an email at kelly at com. We're not losing money fast enough just doing the podcast. Correct. So. Yep. It uh, <clears throat> is not this, this podcast... Is expensive, I gotta say. So if you want to help chip in, go to LibertyTreeLifestyle.com, buy yourself some merch, or just go to Patreon and start giving us money. Nothing wrong with that. Very nice. So I want to pay off a couple different things. I feel like we've referenced things quite a bit on here, mm-hmm. and with always with the assumption, I'm like, I think people like more or less kind of know what we're talking about. So I've been trying to go back. I'm like, what are some either names or organizations. I almost want to do, I was like, I should do a full episode of just every psychopathic organization, like the Council of Foreign Relations, the Club of Rome, you know, just go down. Like, here's what this is. This, the, this David Rockefeller started this one. You know, this is how the United Nations started. Mothers Against Drunk Driving. Mothers drunk, Against Drunk Driving. Hootie and the Blowfish. You know, we could just go yeah. down the list. Like it's be a long episode. <laughs> every single one. But uh, I've found that within the last few months, I've been referencing uh, Yuri Bezmenov quite mm-hmm. a bit. And so I was going through, are you guys pretty familiar with him? He's a defective KGB agent who came here in the, I think, Is 19th. that the right term, defective? Or, uh, I mean, like, he defected. Didn't, didn't work. <laughs> Uh, he defected to Canada, I think, in 1970, and then I believe ended up in the U.S. after that. But there's a great interview that you can find online that's from, ironically, from 1984, for, <laughs> for you Orwell fans out there, um, with uh, Edward Griffin Jr., I think his name is, like a talk show host from that day. And he lays out, so what, what's your understanding of the way that we reference Yuri Bezmenov? Yeah, that he... Uh, <laughs> came to America and said, you guys are going down the exact same path as the Soviet Union. If you're not careful, you're going to ruin your whole uh, society. Halfway there. 
So he, he was a Cassandra. Yes. For, would, you like to, would you like to pay that off? Yeah, well, we talked about before the show. <laughs> case you know, you know what that is, Jake? No. Cassandra, the term Cassandra. He's the chick next door. <laughs> so Cassandra was a. Uh, a Greek myth, I guess. Uh, she was a Trojan priestess dedicated to the god Apollo and fated by him to utter true prophecies but never to be believed. I'm just reading off Wikipedia here. Um, basically what a Cassandra is is someone who is always telling the truth of what's going to happen, much like the Liberty Prediction segment. Uh, but is cursed with no one ever believing them. So right. history has a lot of examples of these people that always, you know, were, were warning people that bad things were going to happen. No one ever believed them. Then those things happen, and they're vindicated afterwards. Yeah. And everyone says, oh, my God, you knew, but we just didn't listen. Right. right. So I think he's one of those figures. Yeah, he's up there. Oh, but time I, will tell, but it seems like it's coming true. Yeah, the only part that you uh, left out is that he was – he said, he's like, these things are happening. You're following this path because it's being done by design. And it's being done by design by the KGB, who I used to... This was my job, was to do this to you guys. And that's why he was actually primarily stationed in India. They were doing the same thing in India. And he just, wow, so he wasn't saying, like, this organic no. move towards communism is happening in your country. He's saying, no, I did this. Mm-hmm. Wake the fuck up. Yeah. He goes, I, this was my job. But me and my friends, we got together, like, how do we subvert America and destroy the culture, you know, starting from the inside out? So we're going to pay off another phrase we talk about. You cannot prepare for a war that you, that you do not know that you're involved in, right? It's like, if you do not know that you're, you guys, you guys are in this war and you don't know it. And that's why you're losing. And in everything he said, so we're going to go through everything. He breaks it down, like basically the KGB manual, like here's the book they gave me, like do th- go do this to America. And it's like you go down, they, it's, it's brilliantly like compartmentalized and broken up. It's, it's pretty fascinating. So as we go through the stuff, I want you guys to think about what do we see right now, right? So let's say, uh, let's say I poorly articulated this to you and saying like, yeah, the, the KGB has been destroying our country, you know, whatever. I didn't bring my receipts or whatever. And uh, just to give you the world's worst sales pitch for a conspiracy theory, I'm using my quotes there. Even if everything that he's saying and everything what they were trying to do to American society, just ask yourself, like, is it, did that come true? Mm-hmm. Maybe totally randomly or maybe this was completely done by design. At the end of the day, does it really matter? No. <laughs> I mean, you, you still have to deal with this fucked up problem that we have on our hands. Yeah. So, by, by murdering everyone that we know who's a socialist or Marxist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just kidding. So what Yuri Bezmenov, he describes this in the four stages of demoralization, right? It's, so there's four stages to this process, and each and then from there they're broken down into just, I mean, it, you can go like so deep with this. When did he start on this uh, project? Uh, like mid-60s, early 60s. And he defected in 1970. Mm-hmm. Probably even longer than that. I think he was he was over a decade in. When was uh, when was the McCarthyism era? Uh, that would have been the beginning of the McCarthy. Cold War, so like fifties, fifties, yeah. right? Yeah, fifties. Okay. So yeah, just he. There was already communism. You know, people wanted to be communists. Yeah, it's that, not like uh, he, in, uh, he introduced the idea of communism to America. No, no, no. I mean, they were communists back in the. 
you know, before World War One. Right. And, so. and to put this in the context, when he was working on this, at this time we were, we were smacked out in the middle of a Cold War, U.S. and Russia. And Russia was, we were neck and neck. Like, who was going to be the world superpower? And whoever would be the world superpower, it would either be free market capitalism or crony capitalism is what it became, or communism. So this is why we were trying to lie our way into a war with like Cuba or anything, or Vietnam, right? Like anything that could potentially tip the scales is going to go communist. And that was actually the first, I believe it's the first, um, which we'll get into a little bit later, but that's why they did Operation Gladio, which was the beginning of the CIA, because Italy devastated coming out of World War II, and they're going like, we cannot let them go communist. Like, we we were vastly rooted, like, ideologically in every single country, like, uh, making sure they didn't go communist because every country that went communist, that's like another domino on that side of the table, right? And this is what Yuri Bezmenov's job was because America is, like, kind of at the forefront of trying to fight communism. And so they figured out <clears throat> he... In his estimation, so while our intelligence community was running around saying, like, <clears throat> we're trying to fight the KGB, right? And we're trying to find, like, the murders and the assassins and the, um, you know, the espionage and the spies and everything. And Yuri Bezmenov, Bezmenov was saying, like, while you guys were doing that, 85% of our job was this, like, long-term, like, 15, 20-year cyclical covert operation to destroy you guys using your own population going from the inside out. And we did that by subverting your culture. And so you guys actually did the work for us. As long as we did the PSYOP, which is, I know, a, a messy term, but he's like, that's what it was. It was a psychological operation. And he breaks down, because when you first read this, you're like, all right, it's a little kind of out there. But then he breaks down, like, here's exactly how we did it. Like, this is out of basically my... Uh, best practices manual <laughs> given to me by, by the KGB. You know, isn't it interesting that... Can I do yeah. a little yep. detour right Please here? Do. Uh, it's interesting that the KGB could come up with a PSYOP that would have an effect on Americans mm -hmm. and make Americans kind of want to be communist. It's not. No, they weren't trying to make us communists. Well, okay. They're just trying to destroy us. Okay. Um, through. Well, by making us communists. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Because the opposite, if we decided that we wanted to, you know, we, we, uh, we talk about communism being the, the worst idea that mankind's <laughs> ever come up with, responsible for hundreds of millions of people being murdered devastation of uh, economies and crops and feeding people. And, I mean, there's just so many things wrong with it, Yeah. right? And if we wanted to have a PSYOP that turned Russians into free market tiers, mm -hmm. like, it would be really hard. It would be much harder to do. And I think that the reason for that is that humans are prone to a a, a degree of laziness. Mm-hmm that communism really speaks to. Yeah. Because everyone should just be equal, man. You know? Right. Like, you shouldn't get rewarded for working harder. Yeah. Because I don't want to work harder. I just want to be equal well, with everyone say, else. Say it's that not about, fair that someone works harder and they get more stuff than me. They say that about, like, liberty and freedom, that 
uh, I can't remember who said it. Be uh, Pete Quinones who says, I, I don't think people realize where we say, like, wouldn't it be nice we're all free? That, that, that prospect terrifies a lot of people. It should. It's like they don't want to be It is free. you on the mountain by yourself uh, fighting a grizzly bear one day with your bare hands, but at least you're free. Like that's, <laughs> okay, you know, no, that is true. Because <laughs> that's what happened when people came to America for that kind of freedom. Yeah. They got rid of creature comforts in old Europe and took on a life of danger and risk because they wanted to be free. They wanted to at least die by their own Mm-hmm. hand and not necessarily under the the boot of someone controlling them you know right. there was no such thing as you couldn't get land in europe before you know in that time you had to come to america where land was free and it's this this constant kind of the reason that human beings became successful is because they are lazy you know farmers f- figured out ways to to do to plow fields that were a little bit easier because they didn't they were lazy they didn't want to have to plow the field with a, a mule every single day they wanted to hook it up to a tractor and then they wanted to have something that spread the season then they want to have something that harvested it for them you know and humans were basically the apes that we're all descendants of apes that are essentially like the nerd ape mm-hmm Right there's this. We're all descendants of the the smartest, nerdiest, probably the most hated ape in the group. But because that ape was so smart, shirt idea, and, <laughs> and because that ape was so smart, he was able to outcompete the other apes with less work. And you know how you just hate that nerd in school, and then that guy ends up becoming a fucking like billionaire. Mm-hmm. You're like fuck that guy. He was just he was smug and you know, but he was was smart and he was able to figure out a better way to do that that's the guy that that survived it's not the the yoked like giant gorilla ape that guy got killed by just two little scrawny apes one of them snuck up behind him with a rock we're all descendants of the laziest part of our society and it's it's gotten us to this point where we're killing ourselves through laziness like all of us we do things intentionally to not be lazy. We have to fight against that urge to be lazy because we know that's a, a healthier lifestyle. But it's I think that's just in our genes to be lazy. And communism speaks to that. And that's why this guy and his KGB friends were actually able to create this PSYOP that, to destroy America. And you try to do the opposite thing, like a PSYOP to get people to, like, lose weight and work out like you know it's never gonna work or you know go out on your own start your own business take a ton of risks and probably lose everything but you just might succeed like that just does not appeal to very many people we're all descendants of nerds wow <laughs> should it just end there <laughs> sorry to something that i've been working on for a while like it's i this. can tell <laughs> anyways you're saying so uh <laughs> To dovetail on what you just <laughs> in your nerd ape theory. <laughs> um, Bezmanov, he explained that the most striking thing, and this goes back to the you cannot prepare for a war that you do not know that you are in. He so said the most striking thing about this ideological subversion is it happens in the open as like a legitimate process, right? He's saying you can see it with your own eyes, he said, if you want to. So the American media would be able to see it if it chose to focus on it, but it didn't. 
this is a quote from him. What it basically means is to change the perception of reality of every American to such an extent that despite the abundance of information, no one is able to come to sensible conclusions in the interest of defending themselves, their families, their community, and their country. I love that line. God, it's so, so true. An abundance of information. Yeah. And we'll get into more. Like, look at the, the gun debate. Right. Any debate. Think the of, abundance of information that guns actually are the thing that you need to protect yourself right. from violent criminals. But what is people? What do people end up saying? No, we need to just have the the state defend us. Well, I think that gets into the media, which we'll get into, and the way that they manipulate it. They have purposely manipulated the media to overwhelm you with information. The problem is, an informed public, mm-hmm. it's it's all irrelevant and useless information, which they had done on purpose, right? And so, and the way that the media cycle works, so we go back to the Gavin Newsom quote. It's like, they just outlawed being gay in Tennessee. And you look at the, I spent seven minutes of looking at the law, like, that's not true. doesn't matter. He could come, someone could come out tomorrow, like, hey, like, that was totally wrong. Like, and he knows what he's doing. He's been running for president for fucking two decades. Yeah. Like, he knows exactly what he's doing. Right. He goes, nah, I, just, I know how this works. You ever see that study of college students that uh, 90% of them believe the first thing that you tell them about a subject. So they did a test. They go mm-hmm. like, uh, this current event, here it is, blah, blah, blah. Maybe it was made up or whatever. And then at the end of class, they say like, hey, actually, it's this thing, you know, something totally different. This is actually, this is the actual fact. This is what happened. 90% of them retained the first thing that they, that they heard, which is how our media cycle works. So Gavin Newsom can come out and just say that. And, I mean, how many people retweeted that or are going to yell that at Thanksgiving dinner? Um, and and you're going to have the... About an hour away from hearing <laughs> yeah, that. <exactly. laughs> and it reminded me because it was such... We used the whole thing with COVID because it was just such a glaring example of, like, just this ideological chasm that you experience with other people. And you say, like, I think we should open up like Florida did. And then someone would say, like, you, you didn't hear? There's like bodies like yeah, piled piling up in the, up in the streets. And like I didn't know. I didn't see that. And eventually, you just have to like detach. Yeah, I heard that, and I immediately <laughs> knew it was bullshit. Yes. Or you get uh, you know hashtag punch a Nazi unless it's uh, Nazi you know in the House of Commons <laughs> <gonna> stand, <laughs> standing up. Of course. So that dude, what if someone <laughs> in that scene just ran up and punched that guy? Someone knew like that guy's a Nazi, and they really believed in punching I know Nazis. That. I know the thing. Boom. <laughs> would that person get in trouble? God, I wish that had happened. What a great debate that would have started. Well, you get into the cyclical nature of what Yuri Bezanov was saying, right? Because he's saying, don't, don't look at this as, okay, because if a, if a Nazi stood up in the Canadian House of Commons and someone from six years ago ran up and punched him, they'd be a hero on the left. Mm-hmm. He's like, but now... The Nazi is is the hero of the left because he fought the Russians because we hate Putin so much. And so I'm against Nazis unless, okay, do this math with me. Uh, Punch a Nazi unless he's in the Canadian House of Commons and then, you know, that's that's okay because he fought the Russians, but I'm against Nazis uh, and every other for, because, you know, they committed a genocide on the Jews, but uh, unless 
Unless the Jews bomb some brown people right. well, in Palestine. Is the Nazi brown skin? And I got I to gotta take out my little victim oppressor <laughs> placard that I keep in my... You need like a sextant <laughs> that you can hold up to the sun to decide like who is appropriate to be punched. As we say, woke math is all, it's, it's up there with common core. It's almost impossible. <laughs> so Bezmanov explains this first stage of demoralization and how it must be long-term. So the, the first stage, the demoralization, which is the umbrella term for the entire program, but it also happens to be the first step. There's four. So total. I'm finding lots of information here, and it's being referred to as the four stages of subversion. That's it. Okay. That's the one. So the first one, demoralization, is long-term. It's 15 to 20 years because that's the required amount of time. The reason why it takes so long is you need to re-educate an entire generation of younger people with these, like, Marxist-Leninist ideas, right? And think about, has that... Also think about, like, this isn't, like, the great brainwashing. It started in the 60s and the the big payoff's going to come and, you know... 2023, 2025, when the deal started. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, think about it like it being cyclical in nature, right? So when he gave that interview in 1984, he goes, and he's talking about the first step, the first stage, demoralization. He's like, it's about a 15 to 20 year process. We started this somewhere between 15, 20 years ago. He goes, I think we're, he goes, in my estimation, we're in 1984, we're at the end of the first stage of demoralization, right? So what happened after 1984? An endless line of wars, you know, currency crashed a couple times, uh, an increasing divisiveness in politics, in culture, more strife, more chaos. And then 20 years after that, 17 to be exact, we get what? 9-11. And then the cycle starts again, right? Some kind of chaotic, because we'll get to, there's a stage where there's like a big cataclysmic event, like something big that kind of just makes the whole thing like pop off. And I wasn't even, I didn't even, the stuff I was reading on about it, they didn't really spell this out. But I thought of that in my mind. I'm like, okay, 84, so 15, 20 years, like 9-11, okay, 15, 20 years. Oh, shit, COVID, the BLM riots, you know, mostly peaceful protests. I was like, there's this seems to be, like, this building of this tension and this divisiveness in our culture, just like the chasm getting wider and wider and wider. And then there'll be this thing that just, like, is the fucking tinder, you know, the, the, the match on the fire that just the whole thing explodes. And then it kind of like comes down again. But is with each cycle, as, as far as it pertains to our culture, like how healthy our society is, it gets it. So you have these cycles and each one gets like worse and worse and worse. And so the four stages happen every 10, 15 years. Is that my understanding right? Kind of. Okay. Yeah, have 15, you 15 to 20. You haven't said what the stages are yet, have you? No. I okay. only told you the first one, which is demoralization. Okay. The, the, the four total are demoralization, destabilization, crisis, and then normalization, which I also put into the, the category of desensitization. Mm. It's just like, this is our new normal. So that's like that. That's the ratchet. Mm-hmm. Every t- the normalization is, exactly. the, is the click you hear when you rewind the ratchet back. Right. Well, sometimes when you wind the ratchet back, it goes click, 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 click. <laughs> yes, exactly. Each click is one of your God-given rights being taken away. <laughs> uh, but if you think about this concept for, like, this is what I love most about, like, researching this stuff because it often ends up, it explains, like, what I perceive to be, like, irrational behavior from what I see from other people. And so in our case, this would be from seeing 
the irrational behavior of like the fundamentalists, the statists, the collectivists, these people that, these are the people that, uh, they hate free driving, for example, mm. anything that like goes against the grain. And the reason why that we've always kind of proposed that and he, this, you know, we kind of came with this off the top of our head and Yuri Bezanov says like, no, that's, that's, that was very well planned out is that collectivism only works if every single person is on board, Right. If it only takes is that one person to go like, uh, I'm seeing, because Marxist Leninist pr principles, they exist, like they have to eliminate objective truth, right? They're, they're like, who's the Marxist that you try to debate? He said, like, I'm not going to argue. Mean, what's his name? No. There's oh. <laughs> a number, social security yeah. number, whatever you have with you. <laughs> Is, he goes, I'm not going to argue with you, with you using facts. And I'm like, well, yeah, the answer to that is it's because you can't. Like you're, you're, you believe fundamentally in a system that's not based in truth or reason or rationality. That's what Marxism is. And as they try to implement this into the U.S., which they have, in my opinion, to an increasing degree, it's gotten worse and worse and worse due to these cycles, is people go, <clears throat> it's once you... Once you remove objective truth from something and your ideological kind of system is built on like completely nothing, it's this this is why if one person goes against the grain, the collectivists they fucking freak out. So I was thinking like one example, I'm like, what uh what's the aggressive push against homeschooling? Like people get like angry when you tell them that, you know, I homeschool my kid. Mm -hmm. And like, that's weird. I have no thoughts about what you do with your kid. And it's like, well, the first thing they did, the way that they started this demoralization process, and the reason why they put on those 20-year cycles is like that, we have to hit them when they're young. Oh, it's a generation. Yeah, it's yeah. a generation of kids. It's like you have to start in the school system. In your estimation, have we seen more of a prevalence of Marxism, Leninist principles in our schools than 20 years ago? Yeah. Do you have an example of an actual, um, like operation or something that they, that, that they pulled off? Has he, there's no name for, it. I mean, it's just, no, but I mean, just like a, a thing like that he, that they tried to do or no, this is what his strategy specifically was. It's getting and how they did it, getting those principles put into the school system. So I have it like. Did bro they do it through that kind of? You've heard the uh, the concept of uh, the the slow march through the institutions, mm -hmm. where you know m Marxists who have no lives, they're ugly and they have nothing to live for, and so they dedicate themselves to this principle of getting um, so schools to be uh, these autonomous brokers of morality for your children. And they don't care if they spend their lives working up the chain in, in school districts and in, in uh, the, the teachers unions and things, because they know that when, by the time they're retired, they will have made a difference and they, mm -hmm. they weren't, they weren't working in order to be a, you know, successful entrepreneur. They were just working to move this Marxist football, like one yard closer to the goal line every single I got 20, year. I got 20 years to do and, this. Yeah, exactly. And they didn't care that they died penny, penniless because they were so devoted to this cause. So, I mean, I, I'm aware, I'm familiar with that kind of mentality that a lot of people in right. government and especially in schools, because schools are just the best place to indoctrinate right. kids. It's the only, you know, only place really. 
Uh, did he, was his strategy, specifically Yuri Bezmenov, was his strategy to try to make that kind of thing happen? Or what were his actual moves? Do you, or do you even know? Like, you know what I mean? Like, what, what was he actually doing? It's the, he doesn't outline exactly, like, my, here's my, my specifics day to day. It was propaganda. It was information dissemination. It was like, it was having compromised people in the U.S., to slowly, like, the, this slow grind, like a glacier moving, like, just, we need to just move, things. we need the schools to get more left and more Marxist, you know, one person at a time, compromising, like, one more person, getting the information in there, getting into the area, so, you, um, speaking of, like, so, one big thing they did was to compromise the education system, and the reason that we, how they did that is to take things out of objective reality and move them into relativity, and like the esoteric and the abstract, right? Right. Have any of you guys ever tried to do your kids' Common Core homework? My kid is homeschooled, so, yes, so I don't give him Common Core. <laughs> have you ever seen Common Core? No, but I've heard people try well, to explain it to well, me. We have a we have a Liberty Tree shirt based on Common Core. We do. Two plus two equals four. Ah, that's a reaction against Common Core. Is it? Yes. I thought that was a reaction against the people saying that in indigenous cultures, two plus two might equal five. That, that all goes back to Common Core. Huh. That's why that discussion began. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Because Common Core, you don't have to come up with the right answer. It's all relative. It's all esoteric. It's all in the abstract. Really? Yeah. You have to show that you were doing the work in a correct way that may or may not have gotten you the right answer. It's the process that matters. Is, but that, the, but the is actual, that accurate? That is accurate. I, what the fuck? My son was originally in a school that had Common Core. And I was like, I can't do th- I, I can't do this. I took it to his teacher. She goes, I, I don't understand it either. Hmm. Do you know how Common Core got into schools? Like, quick side street? But think about this in the, in, the, in the bigger context of, like, trying to eliminate the idea of objective truth in our education system and just making things so esoteric that it's just, like, it just almost doesn't matter anymore, right? Do you know how Common Core started? Common Core started under the Obama administration, and he went to the schools. He goes, look, if you guys take Common Core into your school system, we're going to give you these federal grants, billions of dollars, right? Right. Um, The Common Core curriculum has not been written yet, but we'll give you the grants now. And they gave them the grants. Yes. All the schools took it. They spent the money. They gave them Common Core, and schools go back like, uh, we're going to go back to the old system. Like, no, you took the money. You took the money. We you have a contract. If you give us the money back, we spent the money, as yeah. schools do. Mm-hmm. So they're stuck with Common Core. Do you know who you know who the publishing company was that made Common Core? Who? Pearson Publishing. Mm. You want to take a wild guess who owns Pearson Publishing? Um, no. Just come on. It was, it was one Bill of Gates. Years. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. No, I actually have heard that. Yeah. So wait, so can you repeat the common core again? The common core is the two plus two can be five. Yes. Okay. It turn, or not necessarily that. Jake, look it up. Yeah, common core is you have to show that you are doing the process of the work right, but if you don't necessarily come up with the right answer, it's not based on like having the right answer. So you can get a passing grade. I mean. Uh, grades aren't even supposed to be a thing anymore. Is that part of Common Core also? Well, but, we can get there. Okay, because but, but anyways, you could do you can get a passing grade whether it's an a, an A, B, C, whatever, for doing the work in 
like taking uh, the correct journey there and not yeah. ending up in the right but, place, but still not getting the right answer. You right. still get a so they just want to see the journey. They don't want to see right. the proper. But then right. the journey, if you do the journey right, you'll get the proper answer though, because I thought that was what showing your work is, right? It's like, oh, cool, you got the answer, but show how you got there. That's what it used to be. Yeah, that's no, so that's what it, it used, used to be. be correct? This now, is Joseph, what, what, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like an hour in, we never. Who the hell is that? Who's like that guy in the room? <laughs> so I'm teaching my son math right now, and he's he's he likes it a lot. Um, and I make him do the work. I make him show the work. Mm. And what showing the work used to be when I was a, when we were kids learning math was not was showing that you couldn't just guess the right answer, mm-hmm. but you actually knew the process yeah, to sure. get the right answer. Right. And now it's flipped on its head, if that's if what you're saying is correct, is that uh, the right answer doesn't matter, just showing the work matters. And if you do the right journey but get the wrong answer... It's still the right answer. Then you're correct, even though that might... You know, end up with the you know, and then the, it went off into the ship that you're engineering, fucking sinking. Because it well, I it is not my fault. I did the right work. Yeah, but you didn't carry the one. I did the right work though. And then it went off. And it, then there was this extra facet of like it became part of you know, math is a version of white supremacy or whatever. So listen, that's this. how they justify something like that, because right. what they would say, and I'm just making this up the top of my head, but I think I'm probably right. Uh, the getting Why is getting the right answer so important? There might be different ways to get the right answer. Like if you're it's, in an indigenous culture and you have a different way of getting there, relativity. they're just as right as you are. It's like, no, the ship fucking sunk. Yeah. So you can have Indians building ships. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a quote from Yuri Bezmanov. As I mentioned before, exposure to true information does not matter anymore. A person who was demoralized is unable to assess true information. The facts tell nothing to him. Even if I shower him with information, with authentic proof, think of the gulag archipelago here, mm-hmm. with documents, with pictures, even if I take him by force to the Soviet Union and show him a concentration camp, he will refuse to believe it until he receives a kick in the fan bottom. When a military boot crashes his balls, then he will understand, but not before that. That's the tragedy of the situation of demoralization. So obviously what I'm saying, or at least from like a broader kind of philosophical context, is that at least according to Besmanov, if you try to explain these things to people and it doesn't seem like it's sinking in, you just haul off and you kick them in the nuts as hard as you can. Like just full back them, just... It does. I mean, unless I'm misunderstanding. Yeah, that's that's pretty much what he said. <laughs> yeah. Misunderstanding this quote here. I'm pretty sure if we called my son in here and asked him, he would agree. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's always in the nuts with you guys. So think of this. Here, this is another thing that Yuri Bezmanov says. Like, think of it. Um, think of yourself, the way that you guys take in information, and then think of like the people around you that it, someone you might have this kind of discussion with. It says there are three types of people in the world. There's those who see. Those, those who see when shown, and then there's those who don't see. Those are the people that just like, I can't. That reminded me of like throwing around the concept of like the NPC. I was like, there's just some people, like you explain to people, and they're just their eyes like glaze over. Mm-hmm. You want to explain what an NPC is for all the... Okay. Uh, the acronym means non-player character and it's it comes from the video game world where there's characters inside your video game that are written by the developers of the software to interact with the living player so they're just 
automatons that exist for yeah. the purpose of... I'm trying to get better at not assuming people know what I'm talking about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. More fair more enough, so fair enough. I mean, we have... My dad listens pretty regularly to this mm-hmm. podcast, and I would be surprised if he knew off the top of his head what MPC was. Right. I'm going to ask him next Tuesday night. Sure. <laughs> Appreciate you doing that. So what Yuri Bezmenov says, like the way that they kind of take these, they took the four components of the demoralization to just kind of ask, asking or answering your question of like, well, so what exactly, how were they hitting What did this? they do? Yeah, so they had... For me, dude, it's like subcategory, subcategory, subcategory. Like I could spend, I only have so much time to like research for this podcast. But those four categories for like how, where, how, how are we going to hit them? Like where it matters. Like what, what? And so what they did is they posed the question. They're like, well, who, who is America? Like who are they? Right? Who are they? Like who are you as an individual? Who are you as a culture? Like what defines you? What are your beliefs? What do you believe individually? What do you guys believe as a collective? And they, they, their thought was like, once we can just figure out what those things are, then we just attack those things. We figure out a way to subvert those four values, right? They broke it down to four values. And that was, um, <clears throat> excuse me, religion, education, culture, and media. Those are the four values that defined America? Yeah. They're saying like, this, these are the really? four ways that's that not America what I would have guessed. Yeah. How, what, what would you say? I would have thought liberty was in there, freedom. They know we're not free. Interesting. Yeah. And I don't think most no, of them No, I think they, they probably have a better uh, grasp of it Yeah, from an outside perspective, not being kind of just uh, in the whole, you know. Uh, America was based on liberty and freedom, and it's probably the, about the best you're going to get in the world, but there's nowhere what it, what it is now. It's nowhere I mean, if near someone asked supposed me, to be to the ideal. If someone asked me what the my four key values were, I would definitely not uh, have said that, but I, media being, not the media is a value, but I think, you know, it didn't necessarily mean exactly like what people value themselves. But yeah, we're talking about two different things. Right? The, the four things that are who Americans are, that is correct. Yeah. Like if you don't think you are the media that you intake, then you're, you're not, uh, aware of how much effect media has. Yeah, because has having an intrinsic value is it's too esoteric. It's like, how, how am I going to attract right. the value of liberty? Like, I'm not going to be able to do that. Well, and how are you going to, how are you going to fight that? How are you going to try to right. undermine that? But undermining media, yeah, obviously, because I mean, everyone you talk to pretty much just regurgitates the media that they take in. Yeah. Myself included. I right. mean, most of the shit that I get for on this podcast comes from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Very few things are as brilliant as the nerd ape theory that I just came up with <laughs> a minute ago. So. <laughs> so then they broke those four categories down. They go, what is the way in which we can subvert this particular category? So I'll keep it short, but religion. So the methods of demoralization for the religion, you politicize and commercialize it. Now think about as you explain each one's, like as this happened starting in like 84 when he had this interview up to now, have we seen more of this? So have we seen more um, politicization and commercialization of religion? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Education, subverting education done primarily by slowly eliminating objective truth and replacing it. We were just talking about common core. Can't define what a woman is anymore. 
I'm not using you know gender we're using gender pronouns, non-gender pronouns. I don't know what they're doing now. It's like more of have you seen more of that kind of Marxist philosophy enter the education system? Just take the last ten years. In the last three years. Yeah. Yeah. The purpose of this tenet is to like you want to produce a population that's just filled with information. I was saying, but it's just like it's useless. That's what they're doing with the media. It's like they so culture, creating false idols and false role models. Dude, do we have that in spades? Mm-hmm. Did the Chiefs play today? They uh, they play tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Okay. How many articles are we going to see about whether Taylor Swift's attendance is affecting <laughs> what's, his, what's his ass? Travis uh, Kelsey, Travis something Kelsey. like that. Yeah, yeah, his performance on the field. Like, that's the epitome of just, like, junk food of information. Totally. It's just, that, like, that was, according to Yuri Bezmanov, this is being done intentionally. We're trying to fill your head with just fucking garbage. And garbage and just divisive issues. Like, we want you screaming or just, like, dumbed down. Of just your brain is just full of crap that none of it matters. And he says, so he goes, we've been planning this since the 60s and we are doing it. We have been doing it. We're still doing it and it's working. And to go back to your, what's it, not Cleopatra, Cassandra, <laughs> <laughs> is everyone goes like, yeah, I don't think so. I was like, okay, but let's say he totally made that up. Is it happening? Is the, is the symptoms of what he's saying are like those coming true at all? It's like, I'd love to hear an argument against that. Yeah. So second stage, destabilization. I think that's pretty, we're not, we don't have time to like go through all these. Yeah. That's uh, more like a two to five year program. Um, destabilization is pretty easy to wrap your head around in the last crisis. Three years. So you think about like big catalyst events that, that just ended up, um, COVID would be the latest one, the summer of love. Um, for that, you know, 9-11 it got us in a bunch of wars all over the place. All these seem to be on these 20-year cycles. I'm not saying, I doubt he's nailing to any degree of accuracy. It's like, okay, it's every you know, 17.5 years or whatever it is. You know what I mean? But he's, he's just explained like, this is the template for which we do it. And it just keeps came, like, it keeps coming true. If you just look at from when he said this, like up to now. And when you look at the degree of the, the way that those cycles accelerate, they seem to be getting worse and worse and worse. Like, I never thought I'd see a time to go back to the, we need you to not believe your own eyes. So you go like, they welded the gates open at the border and millions of people just flooding through. All of our mainstream media, they're just like filming it, putting it on the news that morning, you know, or that night rather. And then or the director of DHS, Mayorkas, they drag them up you know, in front of Congress going like, uh, a lot of people are starting to kind of ask some questions like, what's going on here? And he goes, what do you, do you remember his response? Mm-mm. The border is secure. And we're like, all right, good enough for me. It's like, we need you to not believe your own eyes. Right. It's ridiculous. So then stage four is normalization. I also put um, desensitization. It's just like things getting... Remember we used to play a game of like, go back in time and explain this to the founding fathers. Mm-hmm. I was like, dude, do this. Go back seven years and explain this to yourself. And would you <laughs> believe it? It's like so much. It's because we've become, it's all become normalized. Like think about like, would it be explained to yourself six, seven years ago? It's like, um, 
Yeah, two, three guys can walk into any store with a trash bag, fill it up, and walk out. Nothing's going to happen. In fact, if you try to stop him, you'll go to jail, but not those guys. I was like, why not? I was like, well, they're tired about the skyrocketing crime rates, so anything under $1,000 is just not a crime anymore. And it's like, there, we fixed the crime rates. I wonder if there's a, uh, an acceleration of media thing happening. I mean, I, I know that's happening, where the the news cycle is just like the one thing to the next thing to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Like, do you remember a long time ago there was this conflict between Ukraine and Russia and everybody was talking about it? Do you hear the Dave Smith and, bit about that? Yeah. Dude, it's so good because... The thing in Israel happened. Yeah. And Zelensky's all, hey, hey, guys, don't yeah. forget about me. <laughs> and he's all, Ukraine's like their side piece that we kind of hooked up with in Vegas. <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah, I did hear so It's like, you didn't think I was going to actually leave my wife, did <laughs> yeah, you? It's my wife. Jeez. <laughs> Israel's my wife. <laughs> Dude, my neighbor took the Ukraine flag down like on October 7th. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Just like, we're done with that. Just like, what the fuck? Got to support the current thing. There's this, like, if you think back to 1984 or, you know, fucking 1884, the things couldn't change rapidly because there just wasn't the ability to get information to people. Yeah. And so no one's going to change their mind on a subject that they haven't never heard of. And so it was, everything changed at the pace of, uh, of media, basically. And as media has accelerated... It, people can change their thinking more rapidly. And I think that as it's, it, it's at like supersonic speeds right now. And that is almost made it so that anything, anything at all can happen. Like the fucking earth can start spinning faster and people are just like, fine with me. Okay, what's yeah. next? What's next? What's next? Like you just, your brain now is so like hyped up and just ready for the next thing to happen yeah. that there's no more, there isn't a, a speed governor on it like there used to be that was just like the natural flow of information. Now that's out the window. The The whole world can change. All of these things can happen. Every, everything that you never thought was possible seven years ago is possible now because the speed is, is this hockey stick curve going on where things can change and people have no natural defense to it. Well, it's almost as if you don't do anything until you have to. Like going back to, I think you said, I think Matt, you said it about there's three types of people. Right. You know, it's like that resonated with me because you can hear something tragic happening but it doesn't fully affect you until you feel that too. Then you're like, we better do something. Yeah. You you identify, you resonate with that person more. You you like all of a sudden like you're at 911. 9-11 actually brought America like we were actually more united for a while. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because someone attack, attacked us. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That hit the home. We were like, oh, this don't happen to America. What's going on here? We're America. Yeah. <laughs> that was different. Yeah, for sure. And then when things go so well for so long, and it is exactly right, you start in kindergarten. You start you start in kindergarten. Start giving them when their minds are the most open to receive right. everything, and everything's going pretty well in America, you know, so to speak, for most people. You know, we're not starving out here, most yeah. of us. 
So, so our, our, our poor people here are rich by yes, uh, yes. My homeless buddy, I told you, about, he's got a cell phone. He's got an iPhone. I was gonna say, I, was, I didn't want to be a smartphone. I was like, did, you, did your buddy got a smartphone? Yeah, he was using my charger. <laughs> <you know? laughs> he, his birthday is December seventh. He said today, he's like, I can really use a, char- a mobile charger. <laughs> I was like, bro, like, let's just get you on How your feet. How can you own a phone and not afford a mobile charger? Yeah, well, he says his mom pays for it in Louisiana, but um, right but it has neither here nor there. But what you're saying, though, like, all, like all this stuff, yeah, like, the, like, let's say the world started turning fast and it's having some real effects. Yeah, people are still gonna be like, I'm sure we'll be all right, you know, like I'm sure we'll be right until you know our crops start growing or the water starts freezing or you know, it's almost like. I think that people are so uh, oblivious, though, that it, they they don't have a natural defense to this kind of information onslaught. That all you got to do is just give them the next thing. Yeah. What is what's the next flag I got to put out in front of my house? That's all I care about. Just give me the next flag, and I'm on to the next subject. Let's just fucking go. Yeah, because as, as Yuri Bezmenov said, or we always say, it's like I don't. You guys don't know that you're in a war. You are. You have been for decades and decades and decades, and it's working. We're winning, and you guys have no idea that you're actually in this conflict. And when we tell you, you refuse to believe it. Yeah. Hey, that begs the question, though, too, just like you said, um, Kelly, was, okay, what's the... If this is a long-term process, like 15, 20, 30 years, and it is, but it's only like, okay, your kids are going to be 30 years old. That's when they start really making changes, right? So if you get them when they're five years old... You know, 30 years, maybe 35, 30, you know, 25, these type of ages where they start really making decisions that actually have some contribution to how we live. Like that, it's not that far away. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a long-term process, but the thing is too, okay, my, my curiosity is where does that, where does that originate then? If some of these people, like, um, what's this guy's name you're talking about? Yuri Bezbenov. Yuri, so let's yeah. say he's he's passed on. He won't even see this lived out if he would have stayed in the KGB. What, how do you get to this belief system so hardcore that you don't even have to see the plan fulfilled? You're so diehard about it. that like, I just want to start it and then leave it up to the next generation to ruin this place called America. We're talking mm-hmm. about America. What it, where does that come from? You know, like where does the, the hatred for this liberty, of this this freedom, what, what America can be, Why it, they're so built into it about seeing the demise of it that they don't even have to see with their own eyes, just as long as they start it because they believe in the process that much. It's not even a dollar amount, seems like. if this, You know what I mean? Like if we're taking it that far, how do you get to the core of that? Why is it so important? For the downfall of America to go, because I think the, the shorter answer to that would be: I mean, this would exclude Yuri Bezmenov because he defected. Yeah, he was doing this in India, and he goes, "I, it's, I can't be a part of this anymore." But you have to realize the way that we talk about on this podcast: like, I'm not ever going to stop fighting. Like, I'm not going to let this country. I'm going to do everything I can to not let it turn into a Marxist shithole. Um. That puts me at opposition with a lot of people that actually live here, which I think is very unfortunate. But the way that I feel about that, just based on the values put out there by the founding fathers, you ask me why would someone want to kill that, ruin that, because they see it as diametrically opposed to what they believe. So someone in Russia, those people in the KGB, they believe that about their system. And the way that we would look at that, like, this is diametrically opposed to what I believe. They believe the, the inverse. Same thing with me. Well, I, I, yeah, it could be. But then, so for the communists, 
there's only a few people in power, though, you know, mm-hmm. who have actually that type of um, lifestyle that is actually a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, where America, everyone has the opportunity to actually become independently wealthy and, and have whatever we need. To have whatever we need, we actually have that opportunity to actually do it compared to. No, it's the reason is because we're all descendants of lazy nerd apes. <laughs> <laughs>